So suppression and censorship, you know, there's a big subject lately and, and rightfully so. Um, I don't have all the answers. I may not have any answers, but I do actually have some experience in seeing the effects of suppression and censorship. And this has been in the martial arts world. Now, going back, uh, suppression... And censorship has been uh, a part of the martial arts world for probably thousands of years. Uh, I am not a historian. I have no expertise in history. But I've read a few of the stories and know what's gone on according to the, the histories, assuming the histories haven't been censored too much, who knows? Uh, but I've also seen things personally. So going back, you could think about just things like just the Shaolin arts. Um, at one point, um, at several points in history, different governments dictated that the Shaolin arts were dangerous to their government. Um, and this is probably not unique to Shaolin. As a matter of fact, it's certainly not unique to Shaolin. But we have more histories on the Shaolin arts. And so um, they were given a reprieve. They were given uh, the um, ability to practice their arts as long as it was for religious purposes. And this is where the Shaolin arts grew to some extent because they called them the, the hairy monks in that anyone who wanted to continue practicing their art um, and didn't want to be beheaded for that, they would join a Shaolin temple because the arts could be practiced in there. And so you can go back through history. That's all pretty well documented. There's lots of stories of that, and that's not what I'm here to tell you about. But um, I'm here to tell you about a few other personal experiences in censorship, or at least stories I've heard. So I guess going back to um, our own personal history, when my grandmaster died, there was uh, quite a conflict. Um, there was um, fights over whether I could continue to teach or not. And I was too the others that taught arts under the name of Shoshu, um, I was a threat. And why was I a threat? Well, because the many of the others which are teaching arts under the name of Shoshu wanted to simplify the art. As a matter of fact, they wanted to just, just mostly eliminate the art, but keep the name. And this is for, was for commercial reasons. So... 
But that posed a threat because I was teaching the art in the same manner that my grandmaster taught me. So there's, you know, two different arts under the same name. And if somebody were to study under, you know, the way they taught it and thought, okay, yeah, great. I've got my black belt, which, you know, black belts were being passed out in a year, two years, which is just not possible um, under current conditions for studying the art. And, but they were, they were, you know, taught a very simplified form of it. Um, and what if they came to my class afterwards and saw, oh, wow, this is very different, um, completely different. And so that in itself was a threat. And so that's where we were. Now, we went through threats, violence, threats of violence constantly, um, just the terrible things, but there were many threats on our lives and many, um, many attempts. Um, not, I'm not sure necessarily was there ever attempted to, to kill us, although that though they were instructed, there were attempts to, um, to jump us and beat us up with a bunch of people. Anyway, that's not the story here. So <clears throat> going on, um, I had, Liz and I had, had, had investigated Shaolin arts to some degree. We'd gone to, I think it was called the, the great wheel of life or something. Anyway, it was a display of Shaolin arts that was a traveling the country. And we had gone and, um, to put it lightly, I was unimpressed. And so looking at that and looking at different, um, wherever I could see Shaolin arts, you know, the internet wasn't much then. Uh, I don't think video, video wasn't even available yet, but you know, you could get VHS and this and that. And I, I, I didn't see anything that, uh, I was interested in. So I'm running my school and one of my students, uh, is Christmas comes in with this big, thick book and it's called the Shaolin Grandmaster's Text. And we, she said that she had actually been in the bookstore and claimed that this thing just fell off the shelf and hit her on the foot and she picked it up and thought of me and bought it for me. And so, you know, having gratitude, I accepted it and having no interest in the Shaolin arts, I set it on, actually I set it on my nightstand and I never, I didn't look at it again. I didn't crack the cover. No interest whatsoever. Well, one night I'm nothing to do, couldn't sleep, book was sitting there, I open it up, I start to read, and it opens up with a description of the People's Republic of China censoring the this group of Shaolin. And the story was in a way, very much like the story that we had experienced, somebody coming after them to attempt to not allow them to teach their art, uh, with one pretty major um, difference, we were being chased down by a group of, you know, a few thousand people, but this these Shaolins 
had the entire force of the Chinese Communist Party against them. And, you know, I had been like, oh, this is terrible. We're in. And I looked at this. I'm like, wait, it's nothing like what they are going through. And so that really piqued my interest. So I continued to read the book uh, and found some incredibly interesting things. And these guys were um, martial arts historians like I had never seen. And they actually mentioned some of what we taught, but they said that they were dead arts. They said that the arts had been lost and nobody was teaching them. That piqued my interest. So I had to reach out to these guys. So I turned to the cover and find the author. And guess what? There's no author name on the cover. You look at the book yourself. Uh, go to thrift books or something and order the book. It's a really interesting book. Um, I will say that there are two editions of it. We This was the first edition that we got. The author I know completely rewrote the book and put out a second edition. And they're very different. Um, that aside... Uh, there's no, there's no author. I thought this is very highly unusual to find a book and nobody claims authorship. So inside the book, there was an email address and a post office box. So I started emailing the email address and I got no response. And so Liz and I decided, well, Somebody's got to pick up that mail at that post office box. And it was in Beaverton, Oregon. And for some reason, there's something about martial arts in Beaverton, Oregon. And we had had experiences there before. So we decided, let's plan a trip. And we will sit at that post office box until somebody gets the mail. Well, lo and behold, the, the email actually got answered. So we emailed back and forth, explained who we were, they explained who they were, and they invited us up to train. So we immediately jumped in the car and went. And I can say that it was not the Shaolin arts that I had seen. This was very different. This um, was intriguing. The art was um, had a lot of value. Uh, they were absolutely encyclopedias of martial arts. Um, and so very, very different from what the world is being shown as the Shaolin arts. So um, we trained with them for a few days and we had a great time and they were just the friendliest people. And as a matter of fact, they, they just, they were incredibly hospitable. Um, and we, they trained us, we trained them, we shared things back and forth. And at that time I had believed that maybe we were derived from Shaolin's. The history books were implying that there was nothing else other than what was derived from Shaolin's. But through training with these guys, we, definitely ascertained that we had nothing in common as far as martial arts goes. What we were teaching was very different from what they were teaching. Um, obviously, no common root. 
of course, there's, you know, always going to be things that in common, because as you develop a martial art, similar things are going to evolve. But in general, there's obviously no common root. So that was interesting. And the, the head priest there, um, he, he quite honestly said, he said, the Shaolins do not have an, a monopoly on the martial arts. He said there were hundreds, if not thousands, of different types of arts that were unrelated to Shaolin. Um, but so the question is, where are they now? Well, a little bit more of this history will will uh, will probably help you understand that. So, different martial arts. So many different arts uh, came to the U.S. during three distinct periods. So the, between the year 1900 and 1910, there was a influx of Chinese Kung Fu's into certain cities in the U.S. And the reason for this was this were, this, these were Chinese families who would send over uh, a grandmaster um, because the Chinese communities had no protection. Um, you could, you know, there, there was, the criminals could go in and rob their stores, murder them, uh, do whatever, and there was no protection of, of law. And so, um, you cannot run a community, you cannot run a business in that level of instability. So without having any protection from the, the legal system or the, the police protection, they uh, took that upon themselves by teaching the young men martial arts. And this was 1900 uh, was when this was going on. Um, that eventually devolved into what we call the triads. And that history is actually why we do have the pure martial arts today. Uh, but that's not the subject of this. So the second period was 1949 that uh, many Chinese martial arts came over. And those that was because that was the period when uh, the Chinese Communist Party was uh, completely gaining power. Uh, the Red Purge was going on. Intellectuals were uh, murdered over there. The martial artists were murdered over there. Um, and many of them fleed the country and came to the United States, um, settled in, in, in a few different parts around the world. Actually, I was told there were five major cities that they settled in. So that was in 1949, um, due to the Red Purge. And so those were, uh, both of those periods were early on, uh, they, those were the Chinese martial arts. And those groups taught only among their own. Uh, they were very secretive groups. And we'll go over why the 1949 was even more secretive. Um, then the third wave of martial arts came in was the Japanese and Okinawan systems. Um, and those came in after, after the Korean War, after... Uh, the Vietnam War, 
because our GIs had learned these systems over there and brought them back. And those are the systems that became popular in our country. Um, the earlier Chinese systems were hidden, only, only taught among their own, um, but these systems were from our GIs and they taught openly and that's eventually where uh, the popular martial arts schools of today came from was was coming back from those GIs but there were there were martial arts before that so the Shaolin group that we now our history as a Shoshu actually came from originally the the groups from the 1900 from the year 1900. Um, there were groups in San Francisco Chinatown and there were groups in Oakland Chinatown and our group came from the Oakland Chinatown which is why a lot of people have found it, have, have had a hard time with that history because everyone assumes the Chinese the San Francisco Ch Chinatown and we don't have any relationship with those teachers over there um ours were actually through gambling houses and brothels and those sorts of things in the Oakland Chinatown <clears throat> so anyway going on to the Shaolin group so this Shaolin group that we had now met up with their original members came over in 1949 and one would think oh yay they've escaped communist China they can come to this free country and teach their art. But it doesn't work that way. They had to remain secretive. They had to keep their art under wraps and again teach only to their very select few, um, only a few very trusted practitioners. Why is that? They're in a free country. It's because they had family still in China. And the People's Republic of China wanted to suppress this art. They wanted to censor that it even existed. They wanted to promote their own arts. And how do they do that? By making it well known that if this group were caught teaching their art, that their family members in China would be killed. So, um, again, some very authoritarian government getting their way um, and keeping this art from being taught. So, they've since loosened up because they actually at this point have no family members left over there, so now they are more free to do so. But they were suppressed for many, many years. There's only a few practitioners left. And during that time, the other Shaolin arts, the so-called, those going under the name of Shaolin, but probably have very little relationship to Shaolin, they gained strength. And here's how that happened. So in 1949, the temples in China were emptied out. The Shaolin temples were actually at that point completely emptied. These temples throughout all of the Wuhan mountains and all that, there was nobody there. They had to flee the country or they were murdered. So 
later on in history, the Chinese government realized, hey, these temples are quite a tourist industry. And as a matter of fact, they were more of a tourist industry than the, China, the Great Wall of China. So what do you do? You put in actors. Okay. So they went out and found martial arts of some sort and put them in and called them Shaolin. And then, yay, the people can come um, and see the great ancient Shaolin warriors uh, who were actually actors. And as a matter of fact, you, I was solicited all the time, come over train under these you could train for a week and get this degree and that degree or train for a month or live in the temple and come back with all of these decrees and i would actually constantly be be solicited with this but none of them now i didn't at the time i hadn't met my shaolin friends and i didn't know what was going on over there but it seemed pretty fishy to me um their advertisements always said no previous knowledge, no fitness levels required, nothing, just give us the money, come over, get your degree. Of course, I didn't do that. Um, now, the Shaolin group that we did train with, they eventually did send some of their members over to China as tourists, undercover, just to see who was there. And they did report back that these were, in fact, actors and had um, nothing, very little to do with the actual art of Shaolin. And here the Chinese government is presenting these as, as um, the ancient Shaolin warriors. In even They would even say things like, this guy is a 37th generation uh, ancient Shaolin warrior, and there were books on this guy and his history and all that, and this was all falsified. Um, so, moving on, I also got, as a, as a martial arts school owner, I was continually solicited by um, organizations in China, and not only so originally solicited to come over and get my rank, all of this, but also solicited by um, organizations that touted themselves as the official uh, Chinese martial arts organization. Within there, there were sub-organizations for each art. Um, you, There was the official international Singhai... Sing, uh, can't can't get the right names right now. Um, whatever, different different forms of kung fu that were well known. Each one had an organization, and so we're constantly solicited to become part of these organizations. And and I did not. Um, it seemed fishy to me. I did not at the time know what was going on, but as this played out, and some of the people that did join these organizations, the word got out that what was happening is they were spreading these organizations, um, you know, giving people different titles and ranks and, and that sort of thing and um, playing to their ego, of course. But then once they got 
the organizations large enough and had a stronghold, what they would do is start changing the forms. So now there was an official way to do each kata or form, however you want to say it. Um, and this was put out by the Chinese government organizations. Now, as you might well guess, these forms were nothing like the original. So now, to stay a member of the organization, to stay, continue to hold your rank and uh, not be thrown out as some whatever, you had to now change your art to these, to these newly created forms. So in effect, this was a methodology for destroying those arts too. Um, I've gone quite a number of times to the official wushu tournaments in UC Berkeley where these different arts are played out. Um, it was quite confusing for me at first because I saw no nothing that I really considered martial arts there. It was all acrobatics. Um, I did speak to some of the higher ranks there and, and ask them. I said, I don't get it. There's, um, is this martial arts? Because I couldn't see any. And I, and I was polite when they said, and so they told me, they said at this point that the rules are that each form has to have something martial art in it. Um, but they said, but the truth is, is that rule's not enforced. So the judges judge on you know, how many somersaults you can do and things like that, pure, purely acrobatics. So there's no martial arts left there. Um, there were some martial things like there were some Tai Chi forms, but obviously the practical, ap the martial application of these, of these forms had been lost. As my grandmaster used to say, you ever uh, hide something and forget where you put it? That's how he uh, explained these forms. There were some push hands competitions, um, but I didn't see what I would consider high levels of skill with them. So um, we always eventually ended up leaving these competitions and going and enjoying the, the pier or something because they were just incredibly boring to us. There was nothing exciting about the martial arts. So that, so we observed this is what it had become. Um, now going back here, my discussion with the priest of the Shaolin temples and, and his statement and he, being a very knowledgeable guy about different martial arts, his statement was there were hundreds, if not thousands of, of martial arts unrelated to Shaolin. And I believe this to be true. It makes no sense that we would see that if you go back a couple hundred years when martial arts were the way of protecting your king or the way of fighting on the battlefield, it would make sense, no sense that any of these systems that have very little fighting ability would survive. You cannot in that world teach a martial art that doesn't work and then, you know, send your guys out on the battlefield and go out with them, presumably yourself you ain't coming back to teach it again. So just from an evolutionary standard, I cannot see any logical way where 
crappy martial arts would continue to exist because you'd be dead and you can't teach when you're dead, right? Pretty simple. But there were martial arts back then and probably hundreds if not thousands of them. Where did they go? They've all been lost because of the things that I tell you here. Because censorship and suppression by an authoritarian government. Okay. In my opinion, these are bodies of knowledge that are were extremely valuable to the human race. I can tell you that martial arts is much, much more than fighting skills. It is fighting skills, but it's also much, much more. And the benefits you derive from martial arts are incredible. At this point, I know of very few practitioners of martial arts that are teaching anything that would be called a fighting arts. There's our Shaolin friends. There are also groups that I've seen that have taken forms that the martial aspects were lost and they're trying to put them back together. They're trying to find the things that like, but so very, very difficult endeavor, but they've got the right idea and what they're coming up with is quite interesting. But as you can imagine, trying to figure things out from a place where everything has been lost, very difficult for them commend them on, on what they're doing, but they've got a rough task ahead of them. And then you've got Shoshu, which has nearly been lost several times, um, and is now just myself and the people around me that, that train, you know, with me, um, teaching the art. And all of that has been lost I mean, it, it's just unfathomable to imagine how much has been lost. And that, to our knowledge, there's only a few left teaching these things. And so, that's why censorship and suppression to me is, is very concerning. And so... I've been on sabbatical, I call it sabbatical, I've had my reasons to not teach um, beginning students for the past five years. Uh, I can't stand not doing that any longer, and it's time for that to change. Uh, so we are starting a group up on locals.com. The group is can be found at shoshu.locals.com. So that's S-H-O-U-S-H-U dot locals dot com. Uh, you can come, become a free member there. You can be you can be a supporting member there, which helps us do what we do. Uh, I'm not going to start this up on the popular channels. Um, big tech has shown themselves to be not friendly to the fighting arts to start with. Um, I don't feel that that is a good place to do it. Censorship, I know I've already been, my Twitter account is already shut down. My Facebook account has been shut down a few times. Excuse the background noise, it's uh, tree trimmers. Um, 
and I watch my step in those places. So um, we're not putting it there. This first round, which is teaching the fundamentals of Shoshu, this is just the basics. This is designed for beginners only. Um, we're going to do on locals. Um, for right now, that seems to be a safe platform. It's a platform that uh, is very much like the platform I had envisioned before. Uh, there's no algorithms. You go into the group you want. And anyway, I can express the, the benefits of, and, and how I think locals is great. Uh, we'll see if that actually plays out. We hope that plays out. But that's where we're at. So um, I think it's uh, a good time. This is, like I said, I can't stand not taking in uh, beginning students anymore. I have not taken any in. We have not taken any in for five years now and now is the time to start so if you want to be part of that if you think that's interesting if you want to uh, be a part of preserving this uh, fantastic art that is maybe just the the only one like it left in existence um, come on over join us shoshu.locals.com